you got Neil's letter as well. Do you believe him? I've come. It's quite clear that it's not the struts of a roller coaster anymore. It appears to be this mesh of string that encircles the park. Oh, someone's been fucking shitting in there. Stinks like anything. And you see quite a lot of graffiti that says, fuck off pedos, fuck off pedos. He could be hiding anywhere in here. Yeah, I know, I know. Some pedos grabbed him, or some freak, or something. But this is weird, and I point to the... There's no there's no mirrors on the floor where it's kind of just casually left or anything like that. You both feel and hear this crack coming from his pocket. It looks like smoke's curling out of the pocket and forming into this humanoid shape. I've got a club in my hands. I've got the baseball bat in my hands. I'm going to take a swing at it. So as the bat comes round, a limb comes up and grabs you by the wrist. Your head is full of memories that aren't your own. I was taking photos of her. She went off with this, I don't know, this man and... Why didn't you show them the photos, Kit? You feel a hand on your shoulder. And you turn round. And it's Neil. And he says to you, I think she's ready for you. The Apocalypse Players present Unland From the Fear's Sharp Little Needles collection of modern Call of Cthulhu scenarios by Stygian Fox Unland was written by Scott Dorwood Joseph Chance plays Mikey Judd, aged 13 Danon McAleer plays Kit Hillier, aged 12 and Dan Wheeler plays the Keeper of Arcane Law, age unknown. Part 3. November Rain. Wait, what? And we'll come back to you. Okay. We'll go to Mikey. Oh my God. So you're sprinting away towards number seven, which you can just about make out on your... Uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a panic attack. So, uh, how how well I can actually run after that first sort of ten yards, I don't know. Maybe I just start to. Uh, I can imagine you. Well, you say so you run for a bit and then sort of come to a a bit of a stagger, a walk. You're hyperventilating, kind of um, sort of that hysterical breathing, and you come to a stop. Maybe your hands are on your knees and you're panting and you look up and you're right in front of a big building uh, with uh, Mr. Mr. Fun's face over it and it says, Mr. Fun's House of Hilarity. And then to to your left, you can see a bit more of the um, sort of roller coaster and then up to your right, you can see uh, like a bridge and the shore of the lake. I mean, obviously, I'm uh, 
I think I'm I'm on the verge of tears. And how much of that to do with the panic and, and, and the fact that I can't control these panic attacks when I think that much of Jojo. But also maybe there's some part of me sort of remembering that slow dance we had at the, at the school disco at the end of school. It was Guns N' Roses. And it just felt like it could have gone on forever in that way that time, is, time has never been that elastic for me since that moment. And I remember that I'd said to Jojo that I should have been there and I, and I begin to just say to, to her, I should have been there for you. I should have, we were supposed to meet that afternoon. And I think somewhere in the back of his mind, the footballer is still thinking because he's been by two different buildings and the fog has cleared when he said something that really mattered to him. And in that, teenage way that sometimes your mind is doing one thing and your feelings are doing another he's sort of actually testing a theory out as well as actually trying to express something about so i wouldn't say he's necessarily benign in this that may affect things it may so you're saying i should have been there i should have been there i should have been there for you but he's loud i mean he's he's shouting it possibly with the hope that kit who he's sure is chasing after him in his own sort of dramatic version of himself. As the star player, he feels like Kit's just behind. So he'll hear this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I should have been there and I, I I, I, know that I said that I was supposed to be there that, that afternoon. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't ever tell you that, Kit. Jojo, and I'm sorry for you. I stood you up and I shouldn't have done it. Give me a... Give me a fast talk roll, because, like you say, this is not totally benign. You you're trying to should have put more points in it. I, I think he I think he sort of knows that there's something. Yeah. His innocence is gone, Dad. His innocence is gone. Yeah, it certainly has. And suddenly yeah. now all of the psychological reality that he once just took to be pure instinct is just a maelstrom of fog and lies and carnival rides and a house of hilarity I rolled a 45 out of 35 and I'm going to spend 10 luck I'm going to pass it I'm going to pass it well before you spend that luck I'd just like you to know as a player because the player is spending the luck not the character right so as a player I'd like you to be aware that you are you think that the mist is going to part if you tell the truth so I'm going to fail that. I'm going to fail. Maybe that. consider the fact that your fast talk might have to be better than a regular success to fool yeah, 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 yeah. something which can make the mist part. I'm, I'm going to fail that. Yeah, I think maybe we just let that. We let one, that one go. It was a nice try, though. But do you know what? I think that that's where he realizes that his voice isn't right. It feels a bit, <laughs> feels a bit broken and a bit like it's no longer quite the boy. But it certainly isn't the man. And he thinks about his dad. And he thinks about being a crook. And he, and he totally tenses up. And all pretense at sort of rational thought goes out of the window. And he just starts crying. And he, but he can still hear in his mind's eye that cold, that yeah, cold, cold November, November rain. And the dance, it's almost like he can feel her still as they were dancing together. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So, Mikey, you start to you start to cry, and you can hear your sobs, your own sobs, echoing around this empty park. Is your tor- is your torch in your hand? What you think? I ran and left it, didn't I? I, I well, I didn't mean to, but I was starting to have a genuine panic attack, and I. I'd said I had the baseball bat in one hand and the torch was on the floor because I hadn't picked it up after the sand loss. So I think it's at this point I go, I'm an idiot. I've left the torch behind. There might be a packet of matches in my bag, so I roll luck. Uh, yeah. Roll me luck for a pack of matches. Because like, I have occasionally cadged a cigarette off people. I don't really smoke, obviously. But just every now and then I like to try and be hard enough to... That is a 25. That is a hard success. Okay, so do you know what? I'm going to treat I'm going to treat that as a like an idea roll. So you don't have any matches in your bag, but you realize there are concession stalls all round the like the side of the lake and the paths and you look you just look back and you can see in the light of the moon that comes through the fog and shines off the lake, there's a stall right by the lake and you think, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot, then maybe they'll have some matches or lighters or something in that, in that stall. So you make your way over there to, to this concession stall on the side of the lake and we'll go back to Kit. So you've just had this hand on your shoulder, you turned around and Neil has said, she's, she's ready for you. Who? Who? Neil, what have you been doing? We were here. Mikey's... Why have you been running around hiding like a baby? Hiding like a baby? Yeah. I've been waiting till you're ready. What do you mean? Till you're ready and she's ready for you. Who is? She is. Who? She has the answers. Do you mean Jojo? Follow me. Who? Jojo. No, no, I shouldn't have lied. It was wrong, it was wrong to lie, but there was, but there was a germ of truth. There was a germ of truth, so it wasn't all bad. I shouldn't have lied, but there was a germ of truth. And he starts sort of um, rocking back and forth, saying, I shouldn't have lied, I shouldn't have lied. I think even in the, even if it was only a slip of the tongue, it may have been, but like, if I said, Jojo and he said who even however briefly even if it was just that his mind was on a different track I start backing away from him and he's he's sort of like still like looking like he's really upset himself by saying I shouldn't have lied I shouldn't have lied but he's moving towards you and he's saying I can make it better she can make it better who Neil who Neil it's alright mate I've not seen you in so long and I sort of open my arms as if to give him a hug. And he um, he sort of takes a sort of startled step back. Uh, I mean, possibly because you've, you know, you just haven't seen him for so long or you're not the hugging type or... Yeah, I don't think I am, but I think I'm backing away from him and then in that moment I just open my arms in a gesture of whatever it is. And he just, he looks at you straight in the eye and says... Come with me. She can make it all better. She has the answers. Believe me. What about Mikey? Mikey will come when he's ready. She'll find him. She'll find him when he's ready. 
Who will, Neil? You're not making sense. If it's not Jojo, who is it? She will. All this, all this stuff about Alki Malki in your letter. What do you mean putting all that down? And I heard her voice earlier. Jojo's, I mean. Who's this person you're talking about? Some crackhead? No, no. She has the answers. She's wise. She's like some kind of priestess or like an oracle. Can I do a psychology role on him? Uh, yeah. Because he's using a lot of complicated words that I'm not entirely sure about. And I'm basically trying to see if his panic, his upset is genuine. Like, I want to know if he's playing a game with me or not. Mm. Um, ooh, I roll, oh, I rolled a 10 on a 10 psychology. Fucking fantastic. So you... I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So despite the fact that he looks a bit intense and he's been sort of rocking and going, I shouldn't have lied. Yeah. You see that actually behind all that is this... That that's that's the anxiety of the situation right. that he's in. Yeah. And you can see that behind that he has this sort of real like calm, steely focus. Like a purpose. Maybe like the old the old Neil you knew before anything happened with Jojo, who would sort of he had this tendency to like sort of get a like be in his bonnet about something that he'd be like Oh, this is you've got to see this. This is this is this amazing new this amazing new game that I've just discovered. Let me explain. It's the it's new type of woodlouse that I just found in the garden. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, like this like laser focus and this complete openness and so he's being very earnest with you. Um uh, all this is to say that it does not feel like he's trying to bamboozle you. It feels like he is trying to he has it, it appears that he has your absolute best interest in heart at heart and he's being entirely honest in this moment. Okay, okay, great. Uh, in which case I say, Neil, pal, like, I'm sorry, but we've got to bring Mikey. I can't leave Mikey here. He's he's upset. You, you didn't see the thing. Something happened. This mirror cracked and there was this... It sounds mad, but there was this person in the smoke and... I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's happening. But we can't leave Mikey. He says, "Part of me is in a mirror." What? And part of you will be too. But in what mirror? What do you mean? Follow me. She'll show you. I don't want to be in a mirror. It's the way. Only part of you. Look at me. I'm here and I've never been more whole. Can I do a spot hidden? As he says, look at me. Can I see if he... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe for the first time. I know it's dark, but like, maybe just look at him entirely because he's freaking me out at this point. Like, although I think he's being earnest, which is interesting. I was about to say, thank fuck I succeeded on that psychology role, but actually I think it's probably a bad thing. Um, okay, an 84 on my spot hidden so I don't succeed he just looks he he looks um, he looks like he always has maybe you know a little bit older and maybe a little bit skinnier like he you know he looks a little bit drawn but uh, normal but I also know although I'm a child obviously I, I know that I have a suspicion that 
Jojo disappearing probably hit him harder than the rest of us. Although, I, I, maybe I don't understand it on that level, but I know that he was, like, maybe the most upset. Uh, so, I sort of go, uh, okay, okay, Neil, I'll come with you. I'll come with you. Just, uh, and I just shout back over my shoulder, Mikey, Mikey, Neil, Neil's here. Mikey. Let's pick up with Mikey, who has um, stumbled over to a concession stall on the shore of the lake. It's a real jumble of stuff in this stall. It's got some bits of, uh, like, souvenirs, some souvenirs from the park. Uh, so, like, Mr. Mister Fun keychains and Mr. Fun cuddly toys. They've all got this really weird, almost like... It's almost like they've got a mould growing on them. But it's like they've got this grey fibrous fleshy sort of texture like the weird creature that attacked you oh but also it's got various bits and pieces you know uh it has got a, a loads of lighters like lighters with um funland emblazoned on them and other useful bits and pieces key rings bottle openers pencils so if you were after light um you might be able to pick something up yeah I think as I've gone over, um, and I've had these sort of revelations, the sequence of revelations that primarily either you do this right or you don't do it at all, which is sort of the spark for the panic attack. I'm still breathing a bit hard, but I think the one thing I do try and do, I think I poke something, poke one of the bigger items with my baseball bat. Does it show any of the sort of physical similarities of either the smoky creature or indeed the can that i saw crumple in that weird yeah a bit like the can it's just um it's just like doughy do the lighters look the same do they look like they have the same issue actually the lighters look like they're all right i will tentatively pick a lighter have i heard these have i heard the shout yet no you well um give me a listen roll Sort of maybe as I'm going for the lighter, I hear nothing on a 57 on a 35. You hear nothing. So you go for the lighter. Oh, it's just one of those novelty lighters. It's one of those lighters with the light Mr. Fun's face where you click his head back. And his mouth opens, yeah. <laughs> and the flame comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one, yeah. like Almost like a Pez. Yeah, Pez lighter. St Stephen King, it lighter. I think the shout comes just at the moment that you click the lighter. Uh, and uh, amazingly, it works. Uh, it was, you know, 20, 15, 20 years. It it works. It lights first first time. But I do I do look at it and think, shit. Whereas, whereas Kit, and I put it in my pocket instinctively, uh, and I say, Kit, Kit, did you hear that? Did you hear me? <sighs> I'm all right, Kit. And you you don't hear Kit, but you do hear a brief sort of sound as if from like a sort of weird, like an arcade sound, like a... Like a, like a, like a machine has temporarily like fired up. You feel like it might be in the opposite direction to where you left Kit, like round the lake a bit further. 
up further north. Not that I can see that on my map. No, you can't, unfortunately. But you're sort of parallel with parallel uh, latitudinally with seven. Kit's further south where you left him, or at least that's where you left him. And you're hearing this from to the north. I mean, obviously, I'm curious. I think I think I think I try this. I go, Neil, is that you? But, but I'm actually backing away as I say it. Because I think I'd like to go back. I'd, li- I'd like to go back to him. I'd like to make amends. I think I've, I've made a mess. And I, I don't want the competition of being the best person. I just don't want it. I can't handle competition anymore. And I should just be honest about it. Okay. Uh, so you're making your way back towards Kit. Yeah, but, but I'm looking the other way at the moment. I'm sort of just cautious. If, if something started up, yeah, you just see a little bit of light over, like, to the north, and then it and then it goes and then it goes out again. I'll turn. And I'll go back south. Back down to towards. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, Kit, what are you doing? Well, I think if there was no response initially, uh, I say, because um, in my head I'm thinking, well, is this a woman? Like, if he's saying this woman's like, I don't know, she knows stuff. I'm thinking maybe Neil's just upset. He's clearly in a bit of a state, and I've not seen him like this before. Maybe it's an adult, and maybe just all we need is an adult, really. There's a part of me that just wants an adult mm-hmm. at this point. So, you know, and I'm the sort of person who trusts teachers and tends to trust adults. So I say, uh, all right, all right, we'll go. But we've got to watch out for Mikey. And I, I shout back, like, Mikey, Neil's here. We're going to see someone. We'll be back soon. Meet us at the gate if you're not here. I I sort of don't know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to leave a message in the air. Yeah, and and Neil says, um, she'll find him when he's ready. Come on. Hello. And he drags you basically back the way you came, sort of through the through the bushes onto the path. Um, Mikey, could you give me a listen roll to see whether you heard any of that? My, my listen is really bad. That's a 74 and a 25. And I think because I don't know anything about it, I don't think I'm really going to push a roll. So it's not like, it's not active, is it? It's passive. So you hear nothing. So you start making your way back round... The lake, I assume, to where you left him. Yeah, yeah. And my flashlight. And and your flashlight. Um, and using your lighter, I think it's fair to say that you you, you make it back. And uh, you can start looking around on the ground if you want. Do you want to give me a spot hidden to see if you can find your flashlight? I, I assumed it was still on. Oh, very good point. No, excellent point. Yeah, fine. You find your flashlight. But there's no sign. I mean, crucially, there's no sign of kit. No. Oh, God almighty. Kit? Kit? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, uh, <laughs> Kit, do you want to give me a, a listen roll? Yeah. As I'm being dragged by this Neil figure. I rolled a six, so whatever my listen is. Listeners 50. Extreme success. That's what we need. You hear Mikey yelling, Kit, Kit, 
Neil, Neil, there he is, there he is. And I try and break away from Neil's grip to like run back towards where I... You can do, he's not holding you particularly tightly and he just, but he just says, um, as you, as you break away, he says, she can make it all better. She can fix everything. Kit, you know you want this. All right. All right, but Mikey should come too. Surely. Mikey, Mikey, we're here. And I sort of, I'm trying to like, I am, because I, I think Neil is genuine, but I just, he's clearly tunnel vision. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of look back over my shoulder as I run towards Mikey's voice and say, I will, we'll come with you, we'll come with you. But we should bring Mikey. I guess that's tricky, but um, that's what I'm trying to do anyway, is try and keep a connection to Neil whilst running towards Mikey's voice and sort of saying, Mikey, Mikey, Neil's here, Neil's here. Fine. So I think probably given all that, given you're both yelling at each other and you're not that far away, you do you find each other. So Mikey and Kit, you find each other. You've left Neil sort of on, on the path. I think as soon as I see Mikey, I say, oh, thank God. Neil's back here. We found Neil. Come, come, quick. He wants to show us something. You found him? Yeah, he's here. He's saying about someone he wants to us to meet someone or he wants to show us something but you crazy we've got to get out of here i know you saw that thing i know i know we do i'm sorry i was i was an idiot i've been an idiot i i'm an idiot look i'll explain as soon as we get out we're all idiots it doesn't matter we've got to go neil 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 we've got to get out of here well and i suppose we're heading towards him because it's towards the exit isn't it well which way would did i leave neil Neil's near four and five, just directly across. And, and you've met, I say you've met up by those bushes again. Yeah, perfect. I want to be sort of trying to not physically drag Mikey, but basically be like, yeah, no, I, I want to go too, but we should bring Neil. He, do, he doesn't look well. He looks... Let's all get out of here. I'm with you. So I'm running back to where Neil is and sort of saying, Neil, Neil, I found Mikey. Where are you? Uh, Neil's saying... Follow me. Follow me. She can... She can make everything go away. She can... She can make it all... All go away and make everything... Perfect. She knows... Him. Oh, sounds like Neil's been listening to Nine Inch Nails. How be on? How be on, Neil? Mikey, are are you ready? You all right? I asked you how you are. This is a wonderful place, Mikey. This is a wonderful place, can't you tell? It's like... It's like... A, a, a temple, but... But more. Follow Neil, me. Neil, where are you too? Here. Where are you too? Here. But by the Giddy Giggler. Right. I'm heading towards his voice. Go straight up to him. Fine. And he says, good, follow me. And he starts walking north up the path. Wait, wait. Neil, before we go, there's something I've got to say. I I wasn't honest. Truth is, Jojo said she'd... Stop. Be with Don't tell me. What? Save it. Save it for him. Who's him? What? Malcolm West? Alki Malki Oru. Uh, and I look at I look at Hillier as if 
Right, we're on the thread. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like he says, on Alki. Who? Alki Malki. It feels to you like you're all talking at cross-purposes at this moment. I take a step back. I don't, but I probably stop. And I put my um, baseball bat into my belt. But I surreptitiously begin to try to get my catapult out. What do you mean, who? Now listen, all right? Alki Malki, you wrote about him in your letter. Exactly. The one that you talked about in your letter that brought us here. I know, yeah. Where you did your whole appearing at the door thing and then running off. Neil starts sort of rocking back and forth and says, I shouldn't have lied. I shouldn't have lied. But there was a germ of truth. There was a germ of truth. I shouldn't have lied. And then he looks up and says, I'll fetch her. And he runs off and disappears into the fog. Neil, Neil. No, wait, no, wait, quiet. There's something. What? Every time I was honest with you, the fog cleared. I know it sounds mad, and I thought I was mad when it was happening, and then I thought I thought you used Jojo's voice, but then you heard Jojo's voice as well. Yeah. This place is haunted. This yeah. place has got a ghost in. I think so. You saw it. Yeah. It came out of that mirror. Smoke man. We've got to get out of here. We've got to try and get Neil and get out of here. I think he's gone yeah. crazy. But we can't leave him. I know that, but he'll come back. Let's get him. Let's get him. No, we've got to have some... Jojo's gone. We can't have Neil gone. Shit. All right, then. And then let's run. Let's go. And I want to, as we start to run, I just want to, if there's gravel around or anything, I want to scoop up or try and find a, a couple of rocks. Which way are you running? North after Neil. After Neil. Okay. So you're heading heading sort of up the path towards number seven. You run up the path. Uh, you arrive back at number seven where Mikey's already been. Um, Mr. Fun's house of hilarity. No sign of Neil, but there's this, yeah, this what looks like a, like a fun house, you know, a, a crazy, crazy house. I think those things scared me even when they weren't abandoned, so I've no urge to go in. But there's no lights on inside or anything? that we can see? Uh, n- no, no. I mean, the the only light is a slight sort of glow from over sort of towards, like to your right, a bit north on the shore of the lake. There's a little, a slight glow. You're looking at that light. Maybe there. What's that? I don't know. It's when I went over and I picked up this and I, I show him the lighter. And actually I light it. Cool. I've got the other things in my other hand. A little bit precariously held I suspect a torch a torch and a, a catapult is enough for a 13 year old's hand I think possibly enough for my hands anyway and I say I picked this up and it was like a light came on and a machine up on the top side of the lake somewhere there listen to me listen I don't know how long we've got and I just I'm scared that's the truth of it I know I need to get back anyway I was a shit my parents will be it's not about that is it you know it's not about that. Not with that grey thing. I know, I know, I know. Listen to me. I've done bad things. I, I should have been with her that afternoon. And I stood her up. And she chose me. She chose me. Right. Because I looked like I had some sort of skill or talent. And I think it's all gone. I can't take it anymore. My uncle's much worse than I ever said. Listen, she was all our friends. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't know. I didn't know. You're not listening. I did do something wrong. 
you had those photos and you did know, but you didn't do anything about it. But if I'd been with her, that would have changed things. I, she, she loved. Well, if I'd shown them the photos, that would have changed things. She said she loved me. Right. Well, even if she's gone, we were ch we were kids. We were kids. I know. We was little boys. No, but I mustn't lie. You hear this voice. You, I don't know how you haven't noticed her sort of sneak up on you, but you hear a, a woman's voice right next to you, an older woman's voice saying, Oh, boys, you're ready. Why are you wasting it on each other? Come and give it to him. And you look round and you see this uh, woman dressed in like um like a skirt suit, uh, like a you know a jacket and a skirt is kind of ragged, like she's been wearing it for some time. But she looks like once she was very smart and sort of well to do, and she stood there just sort of smiling at you. That's all right, Miss. Do you know our friend? Have you seen our friend? O'Neill, yes, yes. Oh, he's been one of my finest. He's a true, a true believer. Right. He's seen the light, as you will too. Yeah, there's a light over there. He told me, he told me he knew people who would benefit from his light and wisdom. This is a holy place, you know. I, I put my hand on Kit's shoulder and I, and I say, if you don't mind my asking, where do you shit? <laughs> she looks momentarily taken aback and then smiles and says, why? I defecate in one of the concession booths, like all of the other worshipful residents of the park. I grab, I grab him, Kit Hillier, and I start running for the exit. Well. That's just too weird. You say running for the exit. She is stood in, to the south. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Okay. She's, I mean, she's not, she's not physically blocking your path, but I mean, if you were to run for the exit, well, you could, you could, you'd be running past well, her. In that sort of, te in that teenage, slightly gawky way, I think I have a sort of jerk of, that's what I want to run to, and I can't, and she's in the way. Yeah. I also don't think I understood the sentence, defecate in the concession booth. <laughs> I think if it had been poo or shit in the little shop or the little hut. <laughs> But defecate in the concession booth is... Actually, good kudos to you. Mikey Mikey doesn't understand the words, but as soon as concession booth was mentioned... Yeah. that You've not said toilet. It's yeah, all too, yeah. It's all too fucking cold and logical <laughs> in my liking. And also, that was my trap. That was my fast talk trap. Yeah, where yeah. I was going, are you one of these people who's, who lives here and shits all over the place? I mean, my instinct would probably be to say, where's Neil? He said he was going to get you. And he did. And here I am. Where is he? Worshipping the idol. What do you mean? Why? He's worshipping the idol. I don't know what that means. You're being weird, miss. I'm going to try and get my, my catapult loaded. I think I was about to have the same instinct. 
throughout those three or three or four little mini exchanges, I'm I'm putting my torch in my pocket, my trouser pocket, and I'm just trying to just I'll do a sleight of hand if you like, Dan. Uh, yeah, please do. I mean, it's it's rubbish, but I may as well give it a shot because it. Sometimes, the great god Cthulhu favors me. I rolled a zero seven on my ten. Uh, fine. So you managed to get your cat your catapult into your hand without her seeing. Um, and she's saying, he's worshipping the idol. What is it? Is it a ride? I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, wait, I think I understand. I think I know, I think I know what it is. And do you know what I think, miss? I think that thing belongs in a museum. <laughs> wow. Okay. Point blank range. <laughs> Amazing. Point blank range. I'm going to go for a leg. <laughs> Oh, a leg. Very kind. I don't want to go into prison by going for it for an eye or something. Okay, well, give me a roll then. I guess it's a bonus die for a point-blank range. Yeah. It's a 27 or a 17, so I'll take the 17, which is a hard success. So roll for damage. 1d6. 5. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I mean, she's, you've gone for her leg, but you've really hurt her. I mean, point blank range with them. You had you picked up that massive rock from earlier, and those Black Widow catapults are nasty. So it, you hear this horrible crack. You don't know how old she is, but you feel like you broke, you broke, you've broken a bone in her leg. And she crumples to the floor, and she yelps, and she says, Ha! Ah, there's no need for violence, young man. I'm here to help you. This is a holy place. I am running. You're running. In which direction? Uh, to the gates, I, I think. Uh, wait, but where's Neil? Where the fuck is Neil? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I grab him. Did she point towards anywhere? No. Right, in which case, I, I grab him and I pull. I go towards the light. I go towards the light. Towards the, the light that's to the north? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's on the floor yelping, going, Oh, young men, uh, this is a wonderful place. It, it gives you blessings. Please, young men, tear away the veil. I'm sorry, miss, but you're a weirdo. Her voice is fading as you approach this light on the shore of the lake. And it's, as you approach the lake, you realise it's, um, there's, there's this little sort of bridge the, the bridge looks really rickety um but just before you reach the bridge like the last concession booth is on a sort of pier and um it occasionally sort of lights up and then goes down you've got no idea what how it's lighting up because there appears to be no power on the whole site but you're drawn to it and it's on this little sort of jutting out pier overlooking the lake like a seaside amusement thing and it reminds you given you know the the year that it is it looks very much like if you've seen the movie big the uh, zoltar speaks booth <gasps> oh i love that oh yeah except it's you know zoltar has this quite a menacing appearance this figure 
has a much more sort of like a jovial face, looks very friendly, has long sort of grey hair, almost white hair and a big grey beard. Like looks like a really sort of friendly wizard, rosy cheeked friendly wizard. And above the booth, as the lights sort of flicker, it says, ask the warden of the door. And underneath it says, keeper of truth. It's, it's Scott Dawood. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> see the well, see the Scott Dawood or Alan Moore. Yeah, or Alan. <laughs> so we're fucked either way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how far away is this? Like a few yards along the pier. It's it's right there. It's a, yeah, a few I yards. Just, I turn and look at you and I say, Kit Hillier, if ever there was a time that you were have to step forward, it's now. Yeah. That says the keeper of truth, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe this is part of it. I can barely bloody read. You're the one who has to deal with this. Look, I'll watch your back, and I, 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 I stow my catapult. The Black Widow's away, and I take the, the baseball bat out, and I say, I'll cover you. You go in and talk to it. Right. Um, but if Neil's not there... Neil! Neil! Wait! Shh! Don't know. Sorry. Is there anything he could be hiding behind? No, there's no sign of Neil. I mean, there's n- nothing really. It's just like a, a little pier looking overlooking the lake with, with this little booth. It's not even a booth. It's like a, you know, that all asks Zoltar. The Zoltar speaks thing. It's almost like a, you know, you just stand in front of it like a slot machine. I think I'm interested because one of my passions is electronics anyway, and although we're in this sort of. Uh, obviously very precarious situation we're trying to find Neil I'm sort of the fact there's no power in the park but this thing's lighting up I'm not an idiot I'm just 12 mm. and it's like maybe this is the he she was talking about or maybe this is something to do with it whether it's a game or not I don't know but it does feel like we have to approach this thing so I sort of say alright and I sort of uh, pull out one of the bits of gravel I found and put it in the pocket of my slingshot and just sort of make my way towards it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like I remember, we'd probably come across them before. It's like the laughing sailor or the whatever you have to put a ticket in, right? Or This is a coin slot, actually. Right. Do I have any coins on me? I'd probably have some change from the bus. Yeah, I think you do, according... I think, as far as I remember your character sheet, I think you've got five, five quid, ten quid on you or something like that. Okay. Well, I sort of gauge what coin it probably is and I think this is the thing to do, so put a coin in. So, Mikey, you're stood, you're sat on the ground with your slingshot. You, do you have your flashlight out still? Oh, I'm, I'm just going to follow behind, but facing up the jetty. So, if anything was to come towards him... You're facing out? I'm, I'm covering his back, literally. But with your flashlight? I've got flashlight and, and um, baseball bat. So you can just make out the figure of um, the figure of this woman on one leg, sort of coming towards you very slowly. She's not. She doesn't. She doesn't look like she's angry, but she's making making towards you. Shit. Um, and you can just sort of vaguely hear a bit of whimpering and like, boys, young men, this is a holy place. Divest yourself of your lies. Meanwhile, Kit, you you place a coin into the machine. Yeah. Does she say divest yourself of your lies? Give me a listen roll. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was lives or lies. <laughs> Both are worrying. I wasn't sure about that either. But lies is mapping up with... Your theory about the mist. I'm going to spend 12 luck and I'm going to pass that. You're absolutely certain that she said, divest yourself of your lies. Not lives, but lies. That does, that does map up. And meanwhile, Kit is putting a coin in the machine. Is that correct? Yeah. And then it sort of lights up. And again, you, you can't, you're fascinated with the, with the, how this is working, how the electrics are working. I think I'm, I'm probably drawn in by the figure, but there's also a part of me that wants to be scanning the ground for cables and stuff because I don't understand that. Yeah, it must be like a localized generator or maybe like a, some kind of something independent to the rest of the park. And you put the coin in and it fires up and the figure, the face with the, the beard and the long hair comes to life. And it says, Oh, okay. So you uh, uh, enter through the gate and you see the big head of the clown lying on the ground. And uh, Can you give me a spot hidden roll? Good. Oh, well, you look inside it and you have a funny... And then it just stops. <laughs> I I, re I immediately I mean I mean just the term spot hidden all I can think of is our D&D sessions and I think mm, yeah absolutely this is crazy this is crazy specific but I need to hear the end of that sentence so I reach into my pocket for another coin and stick that into the machine and it comes to life again and it feels like maybe the sentence is picked up from somewhere else and it just begins speaking, it just says, Oh, good, and you go towards the Tunnel of Love, and inside there is um, a canal, and uh, um, would you like to give me a, a dex roll? Oh, dear. Well, um, you tumble into the... And it stops again. <laughs> I keep going, I keep going. I want to, like, as quickly as possible put coins in this machine. She's getting closer. Put another coin in, and it comes to life again and says, And uh, hanging from the chair planes. Now, for our um, American listeners, would anyone like to explain what a chair plane is? Yes, exactly. It's sort of like high swings in... And it freezes again. I, I keep going. For as long as I've got coins, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> and it comes to life again and says... And you look down at the young woman and you just hear this and it appears that her larynx is entirely crushed and would you like to give me a first aid roll oh oh dear and then it freezes again what does its face look like when it's making these sounds is it like a ventriloquist dummy is it like very basic or is it more yeah exactly a very basic sort of ventriloquist dummy thing I don't know, that last one freaked me out a lot. I think I maybe pause with a coin just at the slot. Kit, Kit, she's she's here. She's getting closer. What's going on? I hear that and I think about what's happening and I don't really understand why, but instead of placing the next coin in the slot, I put it in the pouch of the slingshot and fire it at the glass. <laughs> wow. Let's try something. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I want to like, see what happens i want to see inside this thing yeah so i step back and just aim it at the face behind the glass i just release this pound coin or whatever it is 
and you fire it in and the glass shatters. And as the glass shatters, this sort of gray smoke, a bit like the smoke you saw pour out the mirror, comes teeming out of the glass case, but it goes sort of shooting over the park in various different directions. And it, as it is, you just, you hear that the, the, the figure starts talking again and you hear it say, <laughs> you hear it say, and you, you get the feeling that there are uh, only a few ways of getting out of this park and all of them will require some sort of sacrifice. And then it stops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's horrible. I mean, in my head, I know this is probably in a moment where like the woman's getting closer and I can hear Mikey behind me saying, She's here, you know, what, what should we do? I, I have a memory back to, like, the vending machines at school where we used to glue pennies together to make to trick the machine into thinking it was a pound. <laughs> and just that memory of, like, tricking a machine comes back to me. Um, and I want to... I don't know, I need to see inside this. I don't understand how it's working out on this pier when there's no power anywhere else. And I want to put one more coin into the machine and then try and, I don't know, try and like pull the head off the thing or try and pull the the figure out of the box. You want to pull Scott Dorwood's head off? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. We do now. <laughs> it's more, I'm in a panic, but I'm also in a sort of almost zen state where it's so strange what's happening. And I've already made the step of smashing the glass. So even for a good boy like me, I'm sort of in it now. And I just kind of want to see beneath the cover. I want to see if I can lift the thing out, if I can see the wires underneath. Or So once the glass is smashed and the smoke has come out and the figure has carried on, said this last little piece, the, the, the machine goes dead. There appears to be nothing else running through it. In which case, I won't go to pull its head off because I've put that last coin in and nothing's happened then. In that case... And I realised that whatever power it had maybe is linked to the smoke somehow or linked to something. Anyway, I'm freaked out. And also, I imagine by this point, we should probably cut back to Mikey, who's trying to get my attention as this hobbling injured woman comes towards us. So she does. She hobbles up to Mikey and she says... Young men, I mean you no harm. I know you're in terrible pain. Your friend Neil has told me I wish to help you. Making a remnant is a very simple exercise that has no pain involved whatsoever and you will be enlightened. Divest yourself of your lies. This is a holy place. Tear away the veil. Where's Neil? Why, Neil is very fond of the idol. Perhaps he is worshipping there now. Well, take us there then. Take us to Neil. Very well. If it, if it will convince you to divest yourself of your lies. But remember, the idol is but the symbol. We are within his body and flesh. He is God made manifest. He is all around us. We are within him. And she begins sort of hobbling on one knee towards the bridge, which is just like right, right there by the... By the machine. I mean, I was about to say something more rude, but that's more Mikey. Sorry, I think I've I've gone out of my comfort zone too much already, smashing something. But there is a part of me in that moment that just wants to 
lift up my camera and get a good photograph of her face. I imagine it has a flash. Yeah. So I do that as she finishes that weird sentence that I don't understand. I don't understand what she says by divest, disturb, or whatever she's saying. I don't understand those words. But I don't trust her. And I trust Mikey, and Mikey shot her in the leg. Would you like to understand not... those words? Do you want to give me an intelligence roll? Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe just in case. Um, that's a six on my 75 intelligence. Wow. Yeah, you, 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 you do understand what she means. She means that you have to, you have to be completely truthful and um, confess all the untruths that your life is built upon. But what you don't know is what the outcome will be of this situation. You, that's, that's what she's given you no impression of. She just keeps telling you what you have to do. She hasn't told you what will happen if you do it. Yeah. But I trust Mikey, and Mikey shot her in the leg, and she's acting weird. She's not acting like someone who's been shot in the leg. So I feel the need to, like, record this for posterity. I just... As she, as she finishes saying that, and I sort of... I understand on some level what she's saying, I just pick up my camera and take a few photos with a flash of her. Great. Probably quite close to her, but, you know, just to get her face I just yeah I think my instinct is that I say to, I say to her you take us to Neil and we'll talk to him about whether we make any of this divestment di- divestitis that you were talking about yes yeah take us to Neil we'll talk about that yes so to sort of expedite things a bit um, she takes you across the the bridge, which is sort of rickety, but you make it across and then up a few paths and you wind round an, sort of an area where there aren't really any rides. And you make it all the way up to um, what on your map is num- marked as number nine. Ah, I thought you were going to say that. She leads you all the way there. On the way, can I ask, do I see any carriages? Um, roller coaster. No. Damn. Okay. No, you don't. So you make it up to number nine, and she gets just sort of outside the entrance, where the, where like a canal sort of appears, like it flows in, and it's really murky, and there's some sort of swan, like sort of swan boats. I know the ones exactly. And you can see things moving within the water. You don't know whether they're rats or, like, they might be fish, but do you think they're probably more likely rats? And uh, and she calls out, Neil? Neil? Your friends are not sure whether they are ready. So you're, you're there waiting outside this tunnel, and um, uh, eventually um, Neil comes out. And says, um, they should, they should divest themselves of their lies. And he says it as if it's rehearsed, these words. There is enlightenment. There is peace. I push the woman away with my baseball bat and I say, now you leave us alone. Neil, you come with us. Let's go. 
Neil says, Well, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm home. And he smiles this, like, beatific, is that the word? Beatific smile. He seems totally at peace where he is. She's not, she's not fighting you. Come on, let's go. And I, and I, I take him by the arm. So he sort of stum- he stumbles along in your wake, but all the while saying, I'm home. I don't need to leave. Right. Well, we all have to go. Right, Kit? Yeah, absolutely. But I, as that's happening, I'm, I want to shine my torch into the tunnel as we're walking away from it. I'm probably behind Neil, maybe, if, like, Mikey sort of grabbed him by the arm and he's stumbling along behind him. I, I, I'm going with them, but I'm sort of saying, yeah, no, absolutely, but I want to just... Because there's something about his smile, there's something about having come this far, I feel the need to see into the tunnel. You can see, mm, like, murky water from without going in, or you can see the entrance with sort of murky water. It's quite a large um, tunnel. Was that the Tunnel of Love? That's the Tunnel of Love. It says over the top of it, it says Tunnel of Love. Ah, so, so, sorry, I, I, I glossed that slightly. All right, well, maybe I stop. I stop when we're about 10, 15 yards away and I go, Neil, pull it together. You tell us what's going on right now. He looks at you and he looks back at, at, at the woman who's on her sort of knees, still in pain, but still she's got a bit of a smile and an earnestness to her. And she says, Neil, my boy, speak, speak truth to your friends. And uh, he says, all you need do is speak truth into the mirrors and you will be free. He requests only truth and truth will set you free. Who's he, Neil? Who's he? He looks back at the woman, kind of unsure of, of whether he should speak or not, and then looks back at you and says... Um, why, the Phantom of Truth? I don't know what about a phantom or a ghost. Neil, you're scaring me. And you're scaring yourself. We need to get out of here. But I, there's one thing. I heard Jojo's voice earlier. Is she here? And then he starts rocking and says, I shouldn't have lied. But there was a germ of truth. I shouldn't have lied. She's not here, is she? She's not here. You just said she was here to get us here. And at that moment, you realise, you suddenly have this realisation that you could never understand why they closed the case just because they found her clothes on the beach. Suddenly you understand why. Your innocence falls away and you realise she was taken by a man and probably raped and murdered and all they needed to find was her clothes and your parents said some things that you didn't really understand. It was a few years ago, you were, you were even more naive than you are now and they talked about, they talked about forens- certain forensic evidence that was found on the clothes. And suddenly it all comes crashing down and you know she's, she's gone. Jojo's gone. She's not here. Yeah, but in that same moment, whoever he is, she's something to do with it, isn't she? That's my instinct. My instinct is she's something to do with it. What to do with Jojo? Yeah. 
to do with him, whoever took her. Maybe he's the him. She's trying to bring us there. I don't know. That's the whether or not that. I don't know. If yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So that's your instinct. And so I, I start pulling out the shards of mirror from my pocket and putting them into my catapult and walking up to her. While he's doing that, I think I grab Neil and I, I pull him in close to me and I say, what did you bring us here for, really? And he says, and he, he looks at you with, like, the most honest face that you've ever seen and says, I brought you here to divest yourselves of your lies. I have found peace and you can too. I think at that maybe I'm I'm hot in the face. I'm walking towards her still. I'm kind of determined in a stubborn little boy way. I'm going to try a psychology roll on him while that's happening. I was just going to say I'm also hearing what he's saying and I think I do shout back. I've already told the truth. I told the truth to my friend Mikey. I took photos and I didn't tell them. I took photos and I didn't tell them. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's my fault. But you... But you must tell it to him, he says. You must tell it to him. And he grabs you by the hand and starts dragging you along. And I, I just want to say, to who? To who? To the Phantom of Truth, he says, and he keeps dragging you. I'll grab uh, Kit's other hand and try and drag him away. No, we're leaving now. Well, you're all heading that way, south. Oh, he's, he's already heading that way. I assumed he was dragging us towards the Tunnel of Love, but he's not. No, no, he's not, actually. He drags you back down the path, back the way you came, over the bridge and to outside Mr. Fun's house of hilarity. Uh, and he he takes you round the back. At which point, I will then start to pull him away and go, no, I don't want to go down here. I've had enough of this, Neil. You're coming with me now, or you can stay here for the rest of your life. I don't care. The truth is, there's other things. This is my home. This is my home now. No, it's not, Neil. We know you, Mara and Dyer. They don't live here. You were always the most gullible of us, all of us. Yeah. So just get the fuck out of here with us right now. We were cruel to you because we were kids. We didn't know what we were doing. Well, that stops now. Now we're friends, right? We'll get the hell out of here. And he looks at you with this sort of calm, almost pitying face and says, But how do you think you'll get out? Out the gate. What do you mean? And... He looks down the path towards where you think the gate is. And none of you have thought to check that the gate is still there, but there's absolutely no sign of it. And I, I just say, inside him. Isn't that what she said, or he said? We are within his body and flesh. And then at that moment, you realise, because you stood right by a bit of the roller coaster, and you realise these strings, the thing that you couldn't quite make out what they were made of. And then finally, it hits you that it's not like fiberglass or plastic. It's, it's, fl it's flesh. It's like flesh, like sinews. We're inside a Shoggoth roller coaster, and I now need to get out. I need to get off. Um, I 
I t uh I think you should all roll sanity for that. Uh, 26, I succeed. Kit, lose one point of sanity, please. I think the thing I think of in that moment, if it's fair to say, because I'm sort of realising this fleshy thing. I hadn't seen the figures in the same detail that Mikey had. But the one thing I realise is, and I pull out my Polaroid as well, probably, I realise I can't see where the roller coaster starts. There's always, like, a building where it goes from. And where is that building? No, you've never seen where it starts. It just goes around, it loops around over the lake and around the park, but there's no start and end point. That's exactly right. Mikey. 70, 76 on a 72. I think my mind flashes back to that point where I looked through the figures hanging down and I thought I saw something about this... And it's been bugging me ever since, and I didn't want to go near it. And my mind snaps. Mikey, could you roll me a D? Let's roll me a D6, please. Inevitably a six. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? Is that about? Oh, that's perfect. Ten minutes before we have to stop, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's just, the game is designed to continue play. I've lost nine points in a single evening, which is not quite a fifth. But you have about because... Um, but it's about because it's five and one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> At this moment, Mikey, you've um, had this realisation of what you've been looking at and suddenly you're, you, it's like you go blind. Your eyes just shut down, everything goes black. And you, you can't see a thing. Ha, 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 ha. Oh God, Kit. Mikey, you all right? I can't see, I've gone. Oh God, no. And I start to breathe, I start to hyperventilate. Neil, Neil, come on, we've got to help him. And I, I go and try and get Mikey under one shoulder and try and sort of prompt Neil to do the same. I don't know how responsive he's being because I know he's in a very weird place. Uh, he was. I was trying to stop him from taking you away. So, yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if he's. He was sort of following, but also trying to drag away. And he'd revealed the the gateless nature of where we are. Neil says, "You will speak truth when you're ready," and smiles, and then skips off into the fog. Fuck's sake! What's happening? I I don't understand. I don't know. Oh, shit. I don't know. I can't see the exit. I can't see the exit. Kit. Don't worry, Mikey. Don't worry. I grab onto him and I, I drop my bat. I'm not interested in keeping the bat right now. You'll be all right with me. You'll be all right with me. You find yourselves back outside Mr. Fun's house of hilarity, right in the middle of the park. I think if Mikey drops the bat, I'm going to pocket my slingshot again and pick it up, if that's fair to say. Yeah, of course. I can't see... Is it just the fog that means I can't see the exit? Or do I get the sense that there's fencing there? Like where there wasn't before? I... I it, um... It looked like it had that thick, fibrous... Shit. ...tendrils like you'd seen all the way around. And I don't want to pass underneath that. It's like some sort of big cage. No, I mean, maybe you could try, but I think you probably don't want to. 
I think in my head, what I do know is that woman I took the photograph of, the one that Neil was enthralled to. She's, she knows things. And also, M Mikey's in injured her, so she's not invulnerable. Why don't you give me a... Pokemon roll? Mm, give me a history roll. Oh, okay. Intriguing. In the depth. Uh, that's almost certainly a fail, but let's have a look. Uh, oh, no, that's a success. I'd forgotten how good my history was. So you... That cathedral school's doing me well. Fascinate, well, you're fascinated by all the types of history, local history, ancient history. Yeah. And you suddenly know, you suddenly realise where you know her face from. Yeah. You've seen it in newspaper articles. I knew I recognised her. And you realise she's connected to the, the scandal and the closure of the park. And you think she might be the person who was in charge of PR for the park. So she's the one who was in the, like, the photographs in the, in the newspaper. It was always her photo in the newspaper, talking to the press, um, spinning some story or other about, you know, def defending the park against some allegation or some other allegation. And, you know, the, she began to get a bit of a reputation for someone who just every word that came out of her mouth was a lie, was bullshit. Yeah. Of right classic PR sort of spin. In which case, this is all... I. We need to go back to her. That's my instinct. And I, 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 I hoist Mikey up under the shoulder and say, Mikey, can you see yet? How can you see? I can't... It's all black. I'm so sorry, Kit. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to find a way out. We're going to find a way out. Just follow me. And I start walking back towards the area we last saw her. So you find her sort of hobbling around on her knees again, saying, Have you spoken? Have you spoken truth? Yeah, we have. Have you? And she looks at you and she says, Liars still. Liars still. I want to hold out the bat towards her. And I'm probably shaking. And I want to say, You tell us how we can get out of here. Tell us how we can get out of here now. By divesting yourself of your lies? How do we do that? I don't understand what you mean. I've told the truth. Speak truth unto him. Who's him? You haven't told us where. In the House of Mirrors, where Neil tried to take you. What, in the Funland place? The. That's right. That's where we got to go. Yes. And what, he's there, is he? Whoever he is? He is everywhere. We are within him. Just talk normal for a moment, would you, you freak? Listen, I'll hit you with this. And I'm shaking a bit, probably, but I sort of mean it. I'm quite angry and red in the cheeks, you know. Kit, Kit, we've got to go back there. I know. I know we do. But I don't like her. She's working for him. Something's happened. Where's Jojo? Did you know Jojo? Who? Jojo. Jojo. And I scream it. I scream Jojo in her face when she says who. So as you scream Jojo in her face, you see momentarily her face changes and you're looking at 
Jojo. Help me, Kit. And then you stop screaming and her face is back to back to normal. What the fuck? I think that's a sanity roll, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, at least I can't see that, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go ahead and do a sanity roll. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, that's horrible. Just a success, but... Marginally. Marginally. Well, I don't know what to do now, because I really was on the verge of, although I'm quite a gentle boy, I was on the verge of giving her a bit of a tap with the baseball bat, you know? But now I've seen Jojo's face. I think my hand goes up towards your face and I say, here, give me the bat and point me in the right direction. Uh, and I, I do. And I say, right, I, I sort of place it in his hand and just go, she's in front of us. Jojo, if you're there, tell us now. You're not Jojo. No. You're some woman who lives here and shits, shits in a booth. My name is Ina Matthews. Ina Matthews? You... I am the High Priestess of the Phantom of Truth. Tell us, High Priestess of the Phantom of Truth, how we get out of here, or I will swing this bat so hard that you won't wake up. Oh, and she chuckles and she says, Oh, but I will. No one can die inside this park. Do you not realise that? Hit her, Mikey. Hit her. I, that's what I'm saying anyway. No. Let's go. Let's go, but run. Take my hand, let's run. Right. Okay. You'll have to be my eyes. That's fine. And I, I turn back to her and just say, you stay there or you have another hobbling. You little bitch. And I almost chuckle to myself and then I run off uh, <laughs> with my arm around Mikey. Is it fair to say that I overheard Scott's door? Sorry, I mean the, um, the booth of truth. Did I hear the, overhear the booth of truth? I, mean, I was I, I was imagining I was like a, a couple of feet away from him, covering him. Yeah, you heard everything. I think as I get there, I say, he said we can't leave without any form of sacrifice. So, who cares what they said? No, listen to me. I've got nothing to live for. My dream's over. My dad's a crook. I loved her and I let her down and she loved me, but I was scared. I think now I realise that you loved her much more than I ever did. And I'm an idiot. You've got everything to live for. You've got that posh school to go to. You've, you're smart. I'm stupid. I can barely read. My mother can't read at all. Now listen to me. Whatever happens, you get out of here. And if there's a sacrifice, it's going to be me. I don't want any talk and I don't want any back chat. Because we haven't gone long. Let's get this done. Listen, Mikey. I'm your friend. We don't leave each other behind. Remember when we were in the mines of Zaza Bazaar? <laughs> and the, the shadow demons were enclosing around us. Yes, I may have gone easy on you as DM, but that's because I didn't want to see your characters die. We'd gotten to know each other by then, you know? And look, you've got nothing to apologise for. You've got nothing to apologise for. And I say, uh... <laughs> I say, uh... Like then, we stick together. We stick together till we're out of the mines. We stick together till we're out of the caves. You understand me? Can I make a suggestion? It's slightly fueled by whiskey. 
but it is 1.30 a.m. And you have just made one of the best offers for us to go and play the Mines of Zanzar Zabar as a second chapter to this fucking story. 